Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. For those who do not know, this is a podcast I do here in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a video visual form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey channels. So if you want to check out a video visual version of that, you are more than welcome to, and that's primarily how people consume it. However, if you want to check out an audio-only version so you can take it around and listen to it wherever the hell you want to, like an actual podcast, simply look up ModChat on your favorite podcasting app, host, provider, or platform. All one word, and it should hopefully be on your favorite platform. I know it's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of them from what I see. Either way, this here is a podcast where I come on here and I talk about some things that I find new, interesting, cool, different developments that I want to give my opinions on. Uh, or even do a little bit of show and tell, or do a little bit of everything there, what have you. Um, that's just where I come on here and I talk about that stuff in audio and visual form here at least once a month, and that's kind of what we do. I tell people this is not necessarily a news show, because I don't really break any news on here, uh, but if you want to treat it as your news blast, you're more than welcome to. This episode's going to be a little more focused, because there's really just two topics that I'm going to be covering here. Uh, however, I feel like I do have a decent amount to say about them, and I've been especially excited to really give my thoughts on one of them here. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into the topics here. So the first piece of news we're kicking off with here was over on Twitter, and it was broken from Twitter user after time X. And yes, I'm still going to call it Twitter here. I don't want to call it by its new name. However, just reading verbatim on this post, they say here, exciting news for the Switch scene. We have obtained from one of our followers an exclusive video from an upcoming product this person is a beta tester for. Apparently, a flash cart type device is coming pretty soon for the Nintendo Switch, which supports all firmwares, all console types, from all regions. Although it was long overdue, we were a bit skeptical, so we asked for some kind of proof. To our surprise, this person sent us soon after a video demonstrating the product in use, and it seems perfectly legit. Anyway, we were told the product is ready. They are apparently shipping the first units in January 2024, so we should learn more very soon. We were promised more updates soon, so make sure to follow us for the latest news about this device and a lot more on After Time X. This is interesting to see. Now, I had done a quote tweet about this here, and a lot of people are saying this is a R4 type flash cart, because uh, that's what a lot of people think with immediately. Uh, or if you're in the retro scene, people think of Everdrives, of course. However, I was saying it's more akin to the Sky 3DS, and I'm going to get into that here. There is a video attached, so let's go ahead and we're going to make this full screen and give it a view. So right here, you could see this is a Switch OLED, which is running. Uh, and it looks like this is the device right here. It is shaped exactly like a flash cart, except right here, you see that there is a SanDisk micro SD card inserted in there so you can pop one in. So they take this here. They're going to pop it into the switch. And it looks like it mounts a Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Then they take it out. They pop it in. This I actually hadn't noticed until now. There is a little LED right here. So once that LED is shown, it ends up remounting that game. So they're going to boot it up. Okay. Now, unfortunately, it looks like to switch games, it's going to be a little bit of a pain here because there's not going to be uh, buttons that you can press on the actual game card, unfortunately. And I'll get into that, but you could see that Wonder is booting up just fine. So they close out of it. So now they're going to do the game swap, which you're going to see it's eject. And they put it in eject, 
put it in again, and it did a quick, if you could see it there, I'll back it up a little bit. Uh, you can pay attention to the LED indicator, and there it mounts that. It does a really quick one, though, when it's switching the game ROM itself, it looks like. So if you just do this here, but then if you do a quick swap in and out, that's when it looks like it ends up swapping to Immortals Phoenix Rising. And then you do it again, and it switched to uh, Oddworld New and Tasty. And the Crash Insane Trilogy. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, in which they boot it up here, and they show it for the remainder of the video. Uh, so they were able to demonstrate that these are ROMs that are being played off of here, and they demonstrated the ROM switching functionality. I saw some people were also commenting on the odd uh, angle here, and I can say that's probably more than likely because the switch is very reflective, and whoever is recording this, obviously they want to show enough proof here, but they also don't want to show themselves, so I can understand that. However, they close out of this, and that is about it. Now, there was one other piece of information that I've only seen here itself, and this is actually from Voltar, in which he was saying, the Nintendo Switch will soon have a fully featured and updatable flash cart. This will be the only solderless mod available for newer revisions of the hardware, including the OLED. I'll have more info soon. And the reason why I want to cite his tweet here specifically is because his is the only mention of this. There's, there's very limited information on this right now. We have the initial tweet, but his quote tweet of this right here is the only one I would say from a trustable source that says that this is updatable specifically. So I do have a few things I do want to share in regards to this here, and I don't have any other news. This is really just the exact stuff here that I see. So what you're seeing is the same thing that I'm seeing here. Uh, but from my own experience and speculation, I do have a bit I do want to share in regards to this. Well, before we cut over to the face cam section of this, where I have a lot of thoughts here, I'm happy I delayed this a tiny bit because there was a new tweet from After Time X, which end up giving a lot more information here, and this does have a name. Here from After Time X on Twitter, we're just going to read the post in which they say, More details has been uncovered about the first Switch flash cart. After some digging around by our After Time X journalists, it was discovered that the Switch flash cart in fact has a name, MIG Switch, and they agreed to answer a few of our questions about some points that weren't fully clear to us after watching that short video from one of their beta testers last week. As their product is ready now, they also kindly offered us a review sample, but our staff have declined because for one, we are not a review site, and also because of the legal ambiguity of game backups in our team countries. And most important, our opinion is that although they are marketing their product as a backup and development device, on their website, MakeSwitch.com, it is clear that many video gamers will use it solely as an ultra-convenient piracy tool on their Nintendo Switch consoles. After reviewing their website, it seems also that the backup ROMs that are currently floating around out there on the internet are not supported, as the format that the Make Switch uses is slightly different. We don't understand all the technical reasons behind this change, but you can be sure that these scene release groups won't take long to make compatible repacks available to the piracy masses out there, as the instructions published on their website are clear, so it seems to be a very simple process. In speaking more with their beta tester about online play, as MigSwitch refused to answer any questions not related to pure backup play, he told us that he used one of his game's CERT UID, in which he never shared to anyone before, to be able to play online with his other game backups, but so far he has never experienced any issues. Now of course, this will have to be verified in the long run with many gamers online using this trick, 
but the team did confirm their product has been tested and works on every single existing model of Switch they could find, and they are very confident they are all fully supported. So I actually will go into details about the cert itself there, uh, and it is from before this tweet was made here, but I think what I said is still going to be pretty relevant to this. Uh, either way, continuing on, reading the comments from our AfterTimex followers here on X, we also inquired about their choice of using the game eject function to switch to the next ROM on the inserted SD card, and if they fear it could damage the game port with long-term usage. Their answer was that real-life usage is not like in the video the beta tester released, meaning you don't switch your games every other second or even every minute. And the overall quality of your Switch is high, including its game port. But they didn't close the door to designing a second version of their MIG flash cart with a Switch on the cart itself. And they were quick to point out when considering the size of an actual game cartridge, there is more chances for a tiny switch to break with long-term usage than the console game port itself, which is sturdy. We guess that overall user demand in the end will decide the fate of them releasing a different version with a built-in switch. Finally, the last and maybe most important question for would-be buyers, we asked the big one. Can Nintendo block your product with a firmware update? Their answer was a quite confident no, although only time will tell. Plus, they told us our product design is fully and conveniently upgradable to be continued. And I will talk a little bit about that as well too, but that seems to be, you know, pretty on the head right there. It looks like we do have a photo of this as well too. So uh, this is a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, it is certainly a Photoshop job right here, as you can see, um, but interesting to see that it does have the design itself. It's just in a flash cart type format, well, uh, game cart type format. You can obviously see a SanDisk Ultra micro SD card in there, 128 gigabytes it looks like, but curiously, right up here, there is a Phillips head screw, so I'm sure many people will be tearing into this thing immediately, literally and figuratively, if they do get it. Now, one big development is they have a website site here for migswitch.com which I've just seen some screenshots of it and I hit it on my phone and I thought it was interesting enough where I was like you know I'm not going to delve any further let's go ahead and delve into this in real time on video together so let's go ahead hit the site here there we go and it's funny this is this is what I thought was interesting so it immediately brings us up here saying mix switch is a third-party backup and development device for the Nintendo switch not endorsed nor licensed by Nintendo of Japan before ordering or using mix switch you must carefully document yourself about the legality of creating game backups of your own game cartridges in your country jurisdiction. Backing up your own legally owned games is surprisingly not permitted in every country and can constitute a serious offense in some. Mixwitch does not approve the use of its device with ROMs of games that you do not own, downloaded from the internet, or owned by a friend or any outside source. Beside the fact that it is illegal, it will void our warranty and support. And then you say, okay, I have read and understood. I proceed. I agree to proceed here. Let's go ahead and accept. And okay, interesting. So this is it. Uh, let's check out, check this out here. Um, this is from actually, so it's been a bit here. Um, <laughs> it's also saying a product of MIG switch develop and produce in the Rus Russian Federation. So it looks like the first news of this to be believed is from November 6, 2023. They're saying here, final testing in progress. After more than a year in development, the first MIG Switch production units have been sent to our beta testing team to ensure a bulletproof, flawless user experience on any Switch type, region, or firmware. On December 20th, reviews incoming. 
After extensive testing and very satisfying results, we are looking for independent reviewers to test and publish video and in-depth articles about their experience with MIGSwitch. We will ship them first week of January to the selected few, so interested buyers will have all the information they need to decide if MIGSwitch is the right product for them, and we are confident it is. And finally, on the 27th of December, we are now accepting distributors' pre-orders for MIGSwitch products. This is also, okay, this is bugging me a little bit. They can't decide how they want to spell it. Is it MIGSwitch? Is it MIGSwitch? Is it MIG-switch? I've seen, uh, you're seeing three versions here without a hyphen, uh, here all one word, and, uh, you know, one with a hyphen. So, even the team themselves doesn't know what they're calling this or what exactly they're typing it as. However, continuing on here, uh, please email email us if you are interested for more information. Deliveries will start in January 2024, first in limited quantities with full availability expected for March or April 2024. With the high demands we are receiving, please bear with us until we can complete all pre-orders so you can receive your MIG switch unit. Important note, we do not sell to retail to end users. Please contact a distributor near you for private purchase. So it looks like they would be doing the same thing that uh, Team Executor obviously did, where you can't buy Team Executor products from Team Executor. You'd be buying it from a, uh, it, you'd essentially have to be a reseller, a distributor, or you're just buying in bulk, and then you would be purchasing from a contact over there. Um, however, it is a neat looking site here, at least. Make a change, join the, the revolution, easy backup, plug and play. Let's check out the product itself. So MixSwitch is the only backup and development device for all. What what development is it doing though? That's what my question is. Because if this if this can only okay this 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 can't run unsigned code though. That's a thing. Anyways, <laughs> uh, backup and development device for all Nintendo Switch consoles, regardless of their version, firmware type. Uh, regular or light, that does not require any installation or modification of the console, simply plug and play. Ease of use was always in our mind when developing the MIG switch, and you can see the results in the download section of our site of MIG switch. Uh, the device consists of two products, MIG switch card, a micro SD card is required not included, and the MIG switch dumper to back up your own legally owned Nintendo Switch games. So that will be interesting if you can dump this, because I was running with the assumption here you're going to need a custom firmware switch to do the dumping here, but if it's going to come with its own like physical dumper product, then that's interesting here. Uh, let's see the download section. So you'll find the latest MIG switch firmware to download when available, and looks to be pretty simple here. You have to prepare micro SD card, format it with XFAT it looks like, place the XCI game files in the root, uh, ensure the game files uh, have the following naming scheme. And this is interesting. All right. So you need the actual ROM file, initial data, the certificate, the card ID set, and the card UID as instructed there. And optionally, you can create different folders. So it's going to be a different format, it looks like here. They do even say here that online mode is only recommended with a fully complete game dump. And if this is a valid certificate, card ID set, or card UID is missing, online mode is not recommended and can lead to a ban. Uh, select the game you want to launch by ejecting and reinserting the game card. Upon launching the game, the same game will appear. All right, so that's how that works, at least. Uh, now, let's see back up your games. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so to back up your games, you'll either need the MIG Switch Dumper, which we don't know about this yet, or a modified Switch with NX Dump Tool and the proper parameters you can find below. So you're going to use NX Dump Tool here, uh, and then from here, you it's saying you know this whole thing of you need a modified Switch. 
and then you're going to have to dump these certain files in a certain way and set them all up like this. So it's the same ones we went over before. But the interesting thing here is let's go to NX dump tool. And okay, uh, so this is using the rewrite build. I was thinking they would just link to the latest, latest one, but no, the rewrite build. Uh, it doesn't look as pretty, but this is the one that is obviously updated more often here. Uh, so it's interesting here. Okay, cool. Interesting to see. Finally, the only other section here is contact us where you can put in your email, a reason to contact us and the message and then send them a message. Uh, we only reply to messages in Russian or English. So interesting to see here overall. All right. Uh, so at this point here, I am going to cut away to myself uh, giving some opinions on here. Now do keep in mind for this next section, this was actually filmed before I end up going through the website here and this second piece of news was announced. So some of it might be a tiny bit off, but I think for the most part, just saying as a discrepancy here, the only part I would say would really need a correction is in there. I was saying that you have to have a custom firmware switch, but it looks like uh, to dump your games, they're going to have a game card dumper product. So that's going to be interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Unfortunately, they don't have photos of the game dumper product itself. So we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. But yeah, I mean, let's get into the rest of this here. So I'm going to ramble here for a little bit, but bear with me. Or if you want to skip ahead, feel free to, because I saw a lot of people get excited about this. And I will say, yes, uh, for anybody who might or might not be surprised, this is kind of something where I feel like a lot of people watching this are going to know this. But in case you do not know, every single revision of the Switch can be modified. Now, a lot of people still believe that the original unpatched version 1 Switches are the only ones that you can modify. And that is not true. Those are the only ones kind of sorta uh, those are the only ones that really on the latest firmware i guess we could say that the original unpatched switches so if you have a switch that was manufactured before maybe june 2018 june or july 2018 somewhere around there that one you can be on the latest firmware and it is susceptible to the boot rom exploit which means that you do not need to open up the console to modify in any way However, any console after that, if you want to modify it on the latest firmware, that includes the uh, eye-patched versions, the version 2 of the original Switch, the Lite, as well as the OLED, you do have to perform some soldering with a mod chip installation or a glitch chip installation, however you're going to do that. So, when it's said here that this is going to be really the only solderless mod available for newer Switches, that is true. However, it's going to be a completely different mod, and I did want to dispel some things here. Some people are saying that, oh, this could lead to a new entry point for the system. No, I really don't think so. When people mean entry point, they're meaning in days like the PSP, for example, where you end up having a game which is vulnerable to a save game exploit, like either on the PSP or on the Wii, and then you use that save game exploit in order to modify the system itself. Uh, the system itself is really pretty secure. The reason why the original Switch ended up getting exploited was because of the boot ROM exploit from NVIDIA on there. But once that was eye-patched and then once it was fixed up, it was okay after that. And then current Switches now can be modified because, well, really any device is going to be susceptible to glitching. And what do you know? The latest Switches, when you're going to mod them up, rely on a glitching type exploit. So... That's just going to happen. That's why you need to go with the hardware route. However, after so many years, this has been pulled apart. Like Horizon, the operating system that runs on the Switch, has been pulled apart so much by many trusted people, including Cyrus M, who is the main Atmosphere developer, where he has complimented it and even said at one point that it has 
perfect anti-piracy detection, and really, the Horizon OS is great. It's stable. It is secure. The issue was the hardware that it was on. That's why it ended up getting exploited. However, the actual operating system itself seems to be fine in that regard. So we just need to get that out of the way. Secondly here, when people were thinking of, oh, this is going to open up the gates for other things here, don't expect Homebrew to run on this. From what I'm observing here, it's essentially going to be, if you're comparing it to another scene, think of it actually like the Xbox 360 back there. Now that is a reset glitch hack system, meaning that it can run unsigned code, and it is similar to having a hard modded switch in that regard. However, there's two main modifications for the Xbox 360. There are the hard mods, which allow you to run unsigned code, and there's flashing the DVD drive. Now, flashing the DVD drive allows you to, in short, play burned games. However, it does not give you any sort of access to homebrew. It doesn't give you any access to an entry point, and it only allows you to run signed code. That's all you're able to run. So think of this like having a flashed Xbox 360 in some way where, yeah, you're going to have access to pirated games and game backups that you make. However, you're not going to gain access to unsigned code unless you also do a hard mod on the Switch itself. That's what I'm observing here. And lastly, before I get into some explanations here, when it comes to the flash cart comparison, a lot of people were comparing this to the R4 cartridges, which in case you do not know, those were incredibly popular and still popular cartridges for the Nintendo DS line of systems, where in short, you have the same idea here. You have a cartridge which is shaped in the same way. It has a circuitry. It is shaped in the same way as a standard Nintendo DS cartridge, except you're able to take a micro SD card and you're able to pop it in. The micro SD card is going to contain essentially the system files that that specific flash cart will need, which is called the kernel. And then on there, you can put your homebrew, your emulators, your games, all that stuff. But when you run it, when you pop in the flash cart, it's going to look like a totally different game. And when you boot into it, it boots into that kernel or the menu system. And then from the menu system, you then pick your game and you boot through that. This is going to operate differently. Now, this is going to be more like the Sky 3DS. And for those who do not know, totally fine. It didn't really catch on because it was a bit more limiting. Uh, there were a few flash carts for the 3DS before custom firmware was the main thing here. And there was, of course, Gateway 3DS, which first came out, which was more like an R4. However, what we're looking at here is more like the Sky 3DS. And I've said that before, and I say that here because the Sky 3DS was different. Remember how I just talked about with the R4, you have that whole menu system that you load into? The Sky 3DS was different because you still take your micro SD card, but you put your ROMs on it in a certain way. They have to be like a certain format and all that too. And there's some that do work, some that don't work, but it's the same thing there as well too, where you don't have direct access in that regard to unsigned code. Uh, and the main difference is that you're not running a custom firmware. You're not booting into a menu system. Whenever you put your games on there and then you run it off of a Sky 3DS, what is happening is it is mounting that direct image of the game itself. So let's say in this regard here, actually for the Switch, like if this was an R4, you would boot into this here and then you would pick from a menu system the game you're going to play and then you would boot into that. However, with the Sky 3DS, essentially, let's say you have a ROM of Animal Crossing, not this exact one, but a ROM of Animal Crossing on the micro SD card. When you load it up, when it mounts that ROM, it's not going to boot into a different menu system. It's going to mount it as Animal Crossing. And to your console, it's going to look like you're playing 
Animal Crossing. And when you're switching games, it's going to switch over to another title. So it's doing a direct emulation essentially of the cartridge itself and it's mounting that ROM as an actual cartridge, which is also why Sky 3DS to this day was still never patched. So you can take a completely stock 3DS, you can update it to the latest firmware, not run custom firmware on it, and you can run games through Sky 3DS. I'd had it explained to me before years ago, but in short, really the only way that would have been possible to patch Sky 3DS from not working is really just to rewrite the entire game card mechanism or game cartridge mechanism on the 3DS, which wasn't going to be possible with, with how it was built in that regard. Uh, because again, it was mounting the ROMs as actual cartridges and then loading them up that way, as opposed to relying on some kind of other exploit. So it was pretty different with how it loaded there. That's all to say that cartridge is mostly dead for the most part, because people really don't use the 3DS or 3DZ standard for cartridges for installing them at this point anymore. It's all .cia files. On top of that, there were specific games that were patched to my knowledge, to my recollection in that regard. So there was no way of stopping Sky 3DS, but there was ways of essentially putting anti-piracy on the games themselves to prevent them from working properly on Sky 3DS. There, we have that history lesson out of the way. Now talking about this here in regards to the Switch flashcard, this is where I'm a little segmented on it. Uh, I personally do find this interesting. Am I going to pick one up? Most likely no. Uh, would I even recommend this? Well, I'm, you're going to hear me out on this, right? Uh, it's surprising that this is coming so late into the life cycle of the Switch because regardless of what we want to think here, the Switch is almost eight years old. And the odd thing is, typically we see monetized solutions like this that come out for consoles first and then we see a free open source custom firmware in its infancy, and then it gets to a point where it's kind of this threshold between the monetized solutions don't become as viable, they're not as well supported, and the free solutions end up surpassing them in terms of features, in terms of accessibility, usability, all that. So it gets to a point with pretty, not every scene, but almost every console scene the free solutions for custom firmware that is free, open source, and all that, that's going to trump the monetized solutions in almost every scene. Uh, so that's why this is kind of going the opposite. Now, if this came out in 2018, 2019, it would have been very different. But this is coming out 2024. That's surprising. So I really wonder how much it's going to catch on. The other thing here is going to be that there's really just two groups of people that this would be for one of them is going to be and i'm not going to shame anyone either i'm more just saying i'm, I'm explaining this is what i'm saying here the first group of people is going to be for pirates who just want to play their system offline they want to play their roms they don't care about online safety they don't care about online ban so essentially you just want to get your games for free uh cartridge based games you want to get them for free and you don't care about any online play the other group of people that this is going to be for are people who still want to play online. They still want to uh, safely play online in that regard. Uh, and they're going to have their own games that they're going to back up. However, in order to do that, they also already have a Switch that has been modified with custom firmware. So they're able to back up their own games, which that part is important because each game is going to have its own certificate. 
So if you're one of those people, this is a really convenient solution, aside from the game switching where you have to keep inserting the cartridge in and out. But uh, aside from that, those are the two groups of people I'm really seeing this work for here. And let me explain that because some people might be saying, okay, you're talking about like online safety, all that stuff. Let's just talk about that here a bit. When it comes to the Switch, I have, you know, I have a demonstration here, right? With a few different games here. Now, one thing you need to know is that every single Switch game is going to have its own certificate. So technically every single Switch game is different. And this certificate essentially is going to signify that individual cartridge or that individual digital install, as well as where it came from. If it was a cartridge-based title or if it was a digital-based title. That is why, for example, if you are on a custom firmware system and you are taking your custom firmware online, one really easy way to get banned is quite literally take one of your cartridge-based games and install it onto the system itself, and you will get a ban. Even if it's a offline single player title, you'll get a ban because it's very easy to see that that install certificate does not match. You're taking a cartridge based game and you're installing it. They're able to see that and it's a very easy thing to detect and ban for and it has happened multiple, multiple times. So it's not just a difference of digital and physical certificates, but every single game is going to have its own certificate. and. In the 3DS days, there was actually something you could do where they were called private headers, like public and private headers, where you could take the header from one game and inject it into another game, and you were technically safe in that regard. However, you can't do that either. Well, I mean, you can on the Switch, but it's going to be mismatching, and that's also another way to get a ban. Because at that point, if I try to inject the certificate from Animal Crossing into Panzer Dragoon, and I play it, guess what? There's going to be a mismatch because there's absolutely no way the certificate for this game should be with this ROM. You might ask, well, why can't I just blank out my certificates? Well, that's already what pirated games are going to do. Another way to get a very easy ban online, just because there's no way you're going to be running naturally with a game without a certificate. And final thing as well too, every single cartridge, every single install is going to have its own certificate. So what I'm saying here is that I have two copies of Animal Crossing New Horizons. One of them is mine, one of them is my girlfriend's. They both are different games. They're both different cartridges. And I'm not just talking about physically. It's that the certificate data is different on the both these. So even if I swap around the certificates between these two and then try to play them online, that can also flag for a ban very easily because there's no way the certificate for this game is going to be on this game. So that's all to say, it's interesting because with the individual certificate system per digital and even physical title, Nintendo can not only ban your system, ban your account, but they can even ban individual cartridges. Because let's say, for example, I end up dumping a complete version of this cartridge here, and then I end up sharing it with a few friends. At that point, if they look online and they see, hey, there's five people playing this one copy of Animal Crossing, that doesn't make sense. And so the systems can not only ban the accounts and ban the consoles, but they can even ban the individual cartridge as well too. So even if I sell off this cartridge and someone else buys it, they won't be able to play this one online because the individual certificate has been banned. So what I'm saying here is if you're in that second group of people where you are going all legit on everything, you're going to have to have your own game cartridges. You're going to have to dump them yourself and you're going to have to dump each one of them with the certificate intact. Remember that because a lot of the dumping programs by default do not dump the certificate with the games. So you're going to have to do that, but you're essentially going to need two systems for that unless you just modify your one system. Really, I'm saying here, you'll need to have access to a system with custom firmware to actually do the dumping of the cartridges, 
but you're also going to need your legitimate system or if you want to run on the legitimate side of it you're going to need that in short i'm saying you you're going to need a system with custom firmware just having a stock system is not going to be enough because you're going to need to dump your games with the complete certificates and they need to be your games now let's say you're in the first group of people and you're saying you know the pirate's life is a life for me i'm just going to download all the games i want to for free and i don't care about any of that stuff you're also going to run into some roadblocks there too because essentially you can get cartridge-based copies of the games but then here's another thing getting updates for the games itself is going to be totally different if you're totally fine with staying offline that is fine if you don't care about a ban that is okay however do keep in mind that a lot of these base 1.0 versions of the games are completely different than how they are now like animal crossing for example after so many patch updates there's a lot more to it there's many other games that have been like that in that regard there's also many games out there that are incomplete if you have the cartridge 1.0 release and there's other games that are simply broken they have game breaking bugs where you have to take the cartridge and go online and download the update if you cannot install the updates then that's going to be an issue if you have a completely official firmware stock switch you don't have a way of sideloading updates because there's not like a homebrew app that you can run on there maybe the only thing i can really think of is again actually for this you're going to have two switches and i've done this before where essentially you have your clean online switch where you're going to have your legitimate games you can get your updates from there and from there you can actually go into the settings i don't remember where exactly it's at it's you have to grab the actual game itself. You need to go into software update, match version with local users. And then at this point, you're essentially going back to the PSP days and you're doing an ad hoc type setup because you do the same thing on your modified switch. And from there, you can download the latest update on your legit switch and you can transfer it over to your custom firmware switch so that works out there in that regard. Although you'd kind of be doing it the opposite here. You'd have to see it's going to get complicated. What I'm saying here is like you can't even pirate the update because you're going to need to install it in some way. Now, the other thing I thought of too is maybe you can use something such as NSC Builder. I think that's what it was. And you can build your own XCI files. Like you can take it and you could put DLC in there and you can put latest updates in there. The only thing is, when it comes to how specific this cartridge is going to be and the actual firmware that the cartridge is running, I'm going to be curious to see if it's going to support games like that, if it's even going to support trimmed ROMs, or if it has to be complete, like, intact ROM dumps straight from the cartridge. That's what I'm going to be curious about. Plus, if you end up building those, like, super XCI files, from what I've seen them called, if you build in, like, updates and all that stuff... I believe they even have a limitation. This is kind of rare to hit, but I think they have a limitation of 64 gigabytes. So you can't go higher than that, unfortunately. So there's going to be a lot of caveats and a lot of limitations here that it's not going to make this as smooth of a process. So like I said, if you're going to be a person who you already buy all your games and you just want to put them on a micro SD card, that's totally fine. But you're going to have to go through the process of dumping all those with a custom firmware switch. So you're going to need a hard modded switch or a version one unpatched switch running custom firmware in order to, to perform the dumps that are required here. And if you're okay just pirating everything, well, you're probably going to run into some issues there too with a lot of games that are just going to be unplayable or not properly patched or not up to date or you're going to run into issues with that. The last, last thing I do want to say about this is the reason why I'd singled out Voltar's tweet about mentioning this is updatable is because this is important. 
I talked about the Sky 3DS and the 3DS not just to go back in memory lane, but because that was important, in which I said there it worked so well and it was unpatched still to this day because the only way to fix Sky 3DS is to completely rewrite how the cartridges are handled on the 3DS, which obviously didn't happen. The Switch, I mean, funny enough to say it has custom firmware and all that, but it is secure and it has a lot of components in it. One of the components is the game card slot and the game card slot can actually be updated. It has its own firmware. It can be individually updated. So if Nintendo is able to detect how this is run, it's not just banning they could do, but they could just issue new system software updates that are also going to update the game card slot itself and could render this useless. And then at that point, you would have to rely on whichever team is handling this device here to update it if you don't want to have a little tiny paperweight. We'll see how it goes. That's kind of been my whole thought and my speculation and just experiences and things that I wanted to share there in regards to this. And not necessarily to completely poo-poo on this, but more just saying, I feel like this is kind of too little too late. And I feel like with whichever camp you're going to be in, it's not going to be as seamless and easy as an experience as you're going to be expecting here. Really, I'm just saying, if you're looking for the best way to modify your Switch, you're going to just want to do a hard mod on your Switch and install your games, do it on Immunand and have fun with that. Or MUMMC. That's how it's going to be. And if you don't know how to solder or you can't solder, I, I totally get it. That's not for everyone. That's why there's services out there for it. But that's how this goes. The final thing I'm really thinking of here is in regards to pricing of this. And honestly, I'm thinking, I don't think this would be more than 150 US dollars. Um, I don't think it's going to be cheap. I don't think it's going to be some that's $20, $30. But I also think that probably the ceiling for this would be $150. I think they're probably going to try to aim for like the $100 price point. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like $105 or $95 or something like that. So realistically, I'm thinking it'll probably be around $100, like give or take. But I don't think it's going to be more than $150. That's been my thoughts on here though. Let, let me know what you all think on this. Now I had talked about this in a previous episode of Matcha and this here was teasing PlayStation 5 game backups running on the PlayStation 5. Now in short here, this was done through an application known as Items Flow, where essentially this is a homebrew application that was working on jailbroken or modified PlayStation 5s and it wasn't directly doing an installation of PS5 games themselves, but it was taking dumped versions of PS5 games, you would then load it through items flow, and then it was able to kind of mount that game and play it. And it was not PS4 games, these were PS5 games, that, and it was the first reports that we had seen of them playing. However, as a Christmas present here, it looks like that method has been released. So items flow for PS5 has been released here. And just reading off this Wolo article, Christmas is here. Owners of PS5's 4.03 to 4.51 rejoice. For developer, Lightning Mods has released items flow. And with it comes support for PS5 backups and PS5 apps. So PS5 homebrew. So this is also a big thing here. He says that PS5 apps are now working on items flow. Items flow is a fancy homebrew and app. App manager for the PS4 PS5. Developer Lightning Mods has been taunting us with the PS5 app support for quite some time now, and this feature is now here along with other improvements. 
which include PS5 apps, a game dumper, an internal package installer, MP3 playback, and more. Although hacked PS5s do not support PS5 fake packages yet, and those would be the installable titles, so those would be like games that you have on PS4 right now where you have a package file and you install it and it goes directly on the XMB. Just want to say that real quick. So although hacked PS5s do not support PS5 fake packages yet, they now should support launching dumps of games. The difference to the end user is probably minimal at this point, except for comfort of use. Obviously, I know links have been circulating, but if you really want to test this feature, I'd recommend you dump your own games and test from there. People have reported success running PS5 backups with Lightning Mod's latest release, combined with the power of ETA HEN. Download and install items flow on your PS5, so they're stating here that you will need a hacked PS5 in order to run this tool, more specifically a PS5 running firmware 4.03, 4.50, or 4.51. At this point, I'm thinking nobody will blame you if you upgrade a 3.xx system to 4.03. The quickest and easiest way to install items flow is via the PS5 homebrew store, but you can also get it from here and there's a direct link to package zone there. So overall, we've seen items flow on PS4. However, this is getting it all running on PS5 as like native PS5 app, native PS5 support, native PS5 games working on here. I, I don't know how else to say it. These are PS5 homebrew apps and PS5 game dumps running on jailbroken PS5s. And I haven't seen this yet here, but looks like Modern Warfare ended up coming in here and made a video covering this. So if you're wanting a full tutorial on it, you're able to check that out now along with the release of this. But either way, cool to see here. And I did want to give this update because we had highlighted and talked about this before here on the channel, but it looks like as a Christmas present, it's now out. And finally, I wanted to share this here because what I like to do at the end of these episodes is I like to cover something that is cool, funny, interesting, kind of, sort of related directly or indirectly to the modding scene. Uh, so here is going to be an article from Nintendo Life, and I thought this would be entertaining here, saying that uh, fighters from Smash Bros. for 3DS were leaked by a former Nintendo of America employee's child. From Ollie Reynolds here, he states, In August 2014, photos and videos of Super Smash Bros. for 3DS were leaked online, demonstrating evidence of unannounced fighters. The leaks were seemingly confirmed following a copyright strike from Nintendo of America before being proven irrefutably real upon the game's eventual release later that year. Since then, the origins of the leaks have remained shrouded in mystery. But thanks to some diligent digging from Did You Know Gaming's Liam Robertson, we now have a better idea of what happened. According to Robertson, the leaked footage was captured by an employee of Nintendo of America for analysis by the Entertainment Software Ratings Board. The footage didn't come from the ESRB itself thanks to the stringent security measure taken by the firm, but rather by the NOA employee's child. The details of how the child gained access to the footage remain unclear, but a former Nintendo of America staff member believes that Nintendo's intranet service may have been accessed by the individual using a device belonging to their parent. Although the original leaker had then intended to keep the photos and videos within an exclusive tight-knit group of online friends, I insert a group there, uh, but word spread and it eventually wound up being posted to the image board website 4chan. Naturally, Nintendo of America was able to trace the leak back to its origins and the employee was promptly fired. Yikes. 
Okay, uh, check out the video above for more details on the Smash Bros. leak, along with a bunch of other titles. So that's all to say here, if there is somebody who leaks something online and they say that my dad works at Nintendo or my mom works at Nintendo, uh, you know, there could be some truth to that. It was demonstrated here in 2014, and we know we now know about this in 2023. So interesting to see. Although, well, that uh, that kid got their parent fired. Unbelievable. I'm sure the parent was not happy about that at all. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat, and I can safely say this is also the final episode of Mod Chat for the year. So, I hope you all have had an awesome holiday season. I hope you all are going to have a happy, safe, and awesome new year. And if you've made it to the end of this episode, I do like to do something here at the end of these episodes where I pick a keyword or a key phrase. And then if you, the commenter, use it in a comment on the video upload on any of the video platforms, I'll know that you've made it to the end. So for this here, I'm actually going to share something a little bit here. Uh, I actually just got back from traveling, uh, quite literally doing that, and then I'm recording this here because I was excited to get this done. I wanted to do it tonight and then, you know, get it edited the next day and stuff when I was working on this. Uh, but I quite literally traveled quite a bit, then I unpacked, got everything unloaded, and I'm here recording. So with that, we're going to use the keyword travel. Do you love travel? Do you hate travel? Where? What is your favorite place to travel? Uh, do you like to travel a whole lot? Is it a rare thing, I guess? Uh, do you get travel sickness? Maybe on that last one, you might want to choose how detailed you're going to be, but that's going to be dependent on the YouTube filters and stuff and comment filters on here. We'll see. Anyways, if you use the keyword travel in your comment on the video upload here, I'll know that you made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. Thank you all very much for listening and watching. And if you enjoyed this episode, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. As I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And not just until next time. It's going to be until next year. Hopefully, I'll see you all next year.